This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Welcome to our spoiler-free review of Dune Part 2. That's right, this is not a drill. I repeat, this is not a drill. Some team members have attended press screenings and we're getting into reactions right here on the 70th episode of Dune Talk. Yes, this is Marcus, your sleep-deprived editor at DuneNewsNet.com, and I'm here with, well, guess who else has seen the movie? Hey everyone, Johnny Sobchuk here once again. Uh, I can't believe it's finally happened, Dune Part 2. I've experienced it. All three of us have, and uh, it's awesome for this to be the 70th episode. I think that's a, a suitable uh, benchmark, and I think that this is going to be a really fun time going into some of the non-spoilery details, just as the uh, release generally uh, for everyone around the world is, you know, just days away. Hey, Simon Dowdy here. Yeah, episode 70. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, just perfect. Plans and pl- in plans, uh, can't believe that we're uh, we're going to talk about it. I mean, I know it's going to be non spoilery, but finally, I feel like since we started this show, before even part one came out, we were like, so if we get part two, this is what's going to happen, and we got it. So I'm in a good mood. Baseball's back. Dune two's out. It's good time all, all around. Dune movie news. This is so exciting. Yeah, as mentioned, I can't believe we're really here in February 2024 with half of the Dune Talk regulars having watched the Villeneuve's uh, Dune Part 2 movie. I was already amped up with the first wave of social media reactions. Uh, then, Johnny, on Wednesday morning, I finished editing your glowing written review uh, for DuneNewsNet.com. And then I went online to see that the overall critics' review score was already climbing uh, past 95% positive on Orochin Tomatoes and, and it's still going up. Um, but yeah, at, at that point, it was really maximum levels of, uh, of hype for me. I have to admit, however, after hearing some of the spoilers that we discussed uh, just a couple of episodes back, I was also slightly apprehensive. Uh, would I end up being disappointed by some of the adaptation's uh, choices? Well, it's an understatement to see that this movie had a huge impact on me. Uh, an amazing big screen experience, and this press screening wasn't even an IMAX, so the spectacle can only get better from here. Uh, but I'll get into more details uh, later. Uh, co-hosts first. Uh, Johnny, you got to see the, the movie the day before us, so let's kick off with your reactions to watching Dune Part 2 for the first time. Gosh, <laughs> it's hard to put into words. I mean, I've been thinking about it, this movie, you know, in general. I mean, we've been doing the show for I can't, several years at this point. I won't put a specific number on it, but it's just been such a journey. And then to get to, to actually sit down and watch it, and to be so focused and fixated on it as a fan, as a movie fan, a Denis Villeneuve fan, a Dune fan, a sci-fi fan, just so many different convergences in terms of my interests, what I what I love uh, in art. And I've thought in the last few days since I've seen the film, I've thought more about the movie now than I did before I saw it, which is kind of hard to believe because leading up to it, there's so much speculation. There's so many unknowns. Um, you know, you have a lot of promotional material to kind of sift through and get some idea or some semblance of what the film is going to be like when it actually plays out. But gosh, it's just such a different experience once you actually get in there. And I got to say, and well, I'm sure you'll both chime in and I've seen this sentiment elsewhere already, but the biggest thing, one of the biggest things, at least that comes to mind that I tweeted about, um, shortly after seeing it is that it is so, so different part one 
<laughs> I really can't overstate how different it is. And I don't even know if I can necessarily articulate the differences, but from the first less than five minutes, you can just see and feel the difference in the movie. It's like Villeneuve has just, he's been not, you know, necessarily trapped or confined necessarily, but part one is a very particular part of the story. It's a very particular type of movie. Um, and it feels like with the success of that and with the events and the story that still has to play out in the back half of the novel, um, it just feels like he had all the freedom in the world to just change up his style, try some more daring or bold stylistic, you know, choices. Um, and <laughs> in terms of the kind of movie that is, it's a war movie, right? And that, that's been said, he's really emphasized that. He's also emphasized that it's a love story. There's a love story in the backdrop of a war film between Paul and Chani, uh, you know, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya as the, the pretty much co-leads. And then just such a star-studded cast all around and such great performances. But just really, I, I, that's the main thing I guess I'll just really lead off with is, and this is such a positive note on my part. I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way. It is such an interesting compliment and creates such, a, such an intriguing contrast between that first film um, and this one. And I think it, it's just a, such a fresh experience, despite you're already familiar with a lot of the characters, um, a lot of elements of the world, but just the way Greg Frazier, Joe Walker, the editor, um, Hans Zimmer, even with the score and the costume design, production design, like it's, you've seen some of these things in the first one, there are a lot of these things, but it just has a different energy, a different vibe. And it's really impressive because it's just the actual matter of making it. But then also I feel like the, the marketing even if you've seen a lot of footage, even if you've seen a lot of behind the scenes, does it really get to the heart of just how different it is? As much as I love part one, and it's really its own thing, I think part two is a step above in a lot of ways um, for, for several different reasons. Um, so yeah, uh, overall good things to say about it, obviously. I mean, as, as Marcus pointed out, you can also read, um, you know, for more of my particular perspective, I did do a written review on Dude newsnet.com so definitely go check that out if you haven't seen it yet i was blown away right away i was like yes this is a different movie but yet it feels very familiar if that makes sense and you know joe walker greg fraser the whole entire team denis um funny i was watching an interview that was done with french tv and they were talking how to describe denis in one word and the actress that plays Chani's best friend was on there. And when they were learning Fremen, the word for God was Denis. So <laughs> actually, she said Denis. And I was like, and she's like, wait, no, but it means God in Fremen. So I was like, okay, that's kind of hilarious that so many years ago, Frank Herbert wrote that like that. But um, it's just... Like, sadly, we didn't see it in IMAX. My press screening with Marcus was just solid, you know, in regular. But I can't wait until the date this gets published, you know, Sunday, to actually see it in IMAX and many, many other times. Yeah, so getting back to my uh, first reaction. So since you can only fit so much on a, uh, an X post, uh, here's slightly expanded my, my first reaction. I expected to watch the second half of the story of Dune on screen. Instead, I witnessed two hours and 45 minutes of the most stunning cinema since The Lord of the Rings. You may have heard of comparisons to The Empire Strikes Back, and those are fitting. The Neville News Dune Part 2 movie dif differs significantly from the book, for better and for worse. 
while beautifully bringing the story's key themes to new audiences. So yes, this, this movie really did blow me away. And when you're dealing with such a beloved classic story like, like Dune, um, no adaptation is going to be perfect. I do have plenty of criticisms, which I'll start getting into later in the show and more in our upcoming spoiler episodes. However, I can honestly say that, again, emphasizing, first of all, part two was better than part one. And secondly, this is the best in-cinema experience that I've had since The Return of the King. And that's not in comparison that I make, uh, make lightly since uh, The Lord of the Rings is my favorite movie trilogy of this century. Uh, to be clear, though, th this comparison is in relation to the, to the movie's epic scale, the, the cinematic achievements they represent, um, the impact that they, they have or will have on uh, fancy and science fiction genres, respectively. Make no mistake, though, Dune couldn't be any more different than the former uh, story-wise or in his themes. So I'd say in terms of plot development, The Empire Strikes Back probably is, is closer. Uh, still, though, it's, it's, it's funny, like when I'm thinking about this, Dune Part 2 offers something new that we, we haven't quite seen something like this executed in this way before. And that's a great achievement in itself, considering that the Dune Saga has influenced so many other stories that we've come back, um, yeah, seen in the past 50 plus years. So yeah, all, all rounds, uh, really impressed. Marcus, real quick, um, to your point there that you just made, I think that was something I was trying to, you know, articulate in my initial reaction as well. Um, in fact, I think the first tweet that I put out was just talking about how, you know, Frank Herbert's novels been around for decades and it's inspired so many different major works. I mean, we're talking about the biggest, you know, franchises ever, um, you know, from Star Wars to the Matrix to Avatar to, you know, in, you know, other fiction um, or genre, you know, Game of Thrones, I think to some degree. And yet it, this still feels like fresh. It still still feels like a cutting edge way of approaching this story and, and this way of telling it. And like, you, and like you said, I mean, it's not even, it's, I don't think it's an under or an overstatement rather to say that this is like not really something that we've seen before. I mean, it's just not the tone, the style, the production, you know, the way that it actually came together in a part one and then this part two and a potential third part kind of working together, you know, with a sequel novel the things they're doing visually the effects and the cinematography the sound design the score of course from Hans Zimmer which is inseparable from the films themselves the images when you see them kind of back to my original point like this is the granddaddy of <laughs> all of them basically um, Lord of the Rings obviously predates Dune but um, in terms of sci-fi I mean there's no more influential piece of, of you know fiction um, and so but for that to still Denis for him to capture uh, just a fresh vitality um, and just having such a singular like through line. I mean, he's really a genius. I mean, I, I have to say like the, the amount of thought and imagination, even though there is so much source material to pull from, it, it really, Frank Herbert, I guess, to his credit, kind of leaves so much open for you to imagine and, and build your own interpretation. That's why I feel like in some of the criticisms, uh, and you may have some of these <clears throat> later in the show, but I just think some some book readers and, and Dune fans, whether it's fans of the Lynch version or Jodorowsky's ideas or whatever it may be, I feel like people really get fixated into a certain concept or idea of what Dune should be or how it should look, how it should feel, is so malleable and can take so many different forms in terms of aesthetic. 
um, as long as you maintain the core of the story, the themes, the ideas that Herbert explores and cares about, I think that's the most important thing. And I think Villeneuve, I mean, he's cooking at a different like level with this movie. That, and that's another thing. It's so different from part one because his the camera movements in this movie and the shot designs and what he's doing with you know infrared and things like that. Like he really does feel like he's just open to more ideas and like he's trying to really experiment um and he's just adding in the action i mean we haven't even, we'll get more into that probably but the way the action is designed i mean the the stunts and the choreography and again how the shot designs are worked into the action and it's just all really really impressive and i'd not seen him do any of that before i don't think really and you know his other films don't really show that um and you know i think he needed to go through these other movies to get to this level work and then mind you this is all after seeing it one time like i'm still it made such an impression upon me, even with the high expectations that I had. Yeah, I remember uh, we, we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago, the, um, that discussion that uh, Christopher Nolan and Denis Villeneuve were, were, were having uh, after that, uh, that screening of, of Tenet. And uh, Nolan was, was asking him how you know, he created those visuals that weren't necessarily in the book. And he talked about the, the storyboarding elements. And uh, you know, if you read, read some of the interviews with Villeneuve, he's, he's been thinking about this book and the dream to make this movie for, for a very long time. You know, I would love to see a documentary at some stage about like how that came to uh, fruition. And I, I, yeah, I'm just curious to see like, are, are there maybe storyboards from, from when he was a teenager and like how much of those actually made it into the, to the final movie? You know? Well, it's interesting because talking about the storyboards, the sand writing scene, which, you know, most of us saw in the IMAX preview, if you saw part one again in the theater, there are storyboards that he drew i think he was like 12 or 13 and it's almost shot for shot of what's on you know film now obviously he could go back and reference those but like i actually believe and it's not the whole press hype oh i've been a fan of this since i was a kid like we've heard stories from people on the production that this is very important to him and it shows Denis, I imagine his French-Canadian copy just falling <laughs> apart as a kid and, you know, highlighting stuff. And, like, something that I think it was Mark that said when you guys were doing that show a couple of weeks ago, Denis didn't have the money for a camera. So he drew a lot of the storyboards. And that's how you imagine the story. You know, I, I agree with you, Johnny. We often imagine stuff in our head. And this is how... Nerdy I am, I'm not going to lie, the past couple of nights before the screening, as I was trying to fall asleep, I was like, okay, so I would start it off like this, and then I would do this kind of shots, like mm -hmm. try to visualize it in my head. But, and I think that's just a love of the source material, and Denis is the perfect person to make this trilogy, because Messiah's going to happen, you know. That, that that for sure like i think we were sitting there off, after the movie and like the, my first thought was like yeah messiah has to happen like especially with with that ending which which we can't go into details yeah uh, but, <laughs> um yeah so so next let, let's let's get into our top highlights uh from the movie um simon let's let's start with with you what did you enjoy most in this movie whether it's characters scenes or how certain elements were handled i'm a big fan of character development and I love Stilgard. Like, I usually enjoy Stilgard when I read them in the books and all that. But Harvey or Barden, for me, stole the show at Stilgard. 
like I believe the accent and I believe his I don't want to say love for Paul, but his vision of who Paul is. And we'll talk more about it when we do our spoiler episode. But just really his conviction that Paul is the Muad'Dib. You know, he is the one. Also, I keep going back and forth about this. Rebecca Ferguson, brilliant. Like, especially towards the end of the movie, the last hour. She is a whole different character than we saw in part one. Um, of course, the editing, the cinematography. <laughs> but one or two, that's hard. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny, Simon, like uh, talking about uh, Stilgar. So like, I, I think Javier Bardem gave a great performance. Uh, but uh, And well, maybe that, that's, that's more of um, uh, something we'll, we'll get into later. But actually, actually I, I didn't like as much the way the, the character was 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 written it, itself so so that would be an interesting probably interesting yeah when we get to that uh but yeah i have to echo your your shout outs to um rebecca ferguson and his lady jessica i mean we've, we've seen it in the, in the trailers she's going to take the water of life and it's a dramatic transformation and it's we, we can't go into details without spoilers but this is a woman who's in a very different state of mind uh, than we've seen in her first movie and she portrayed it in such a convincing way and uh, unlike the book where, you know, she's seen less in the, in the final third, like as mentioned, she's present throughout. And um, yeah, like, like her, her actions matter. So I was, I was really impressed with, with how Re Rebecca Ferguson uh, performed as Lady Jessica. I don't know, Marcus, I'll have to hear what you say about it. But I would, I would tend to agree with <clears throat> Simon in terms of Stilgar and uh, Javier Bardem. I thought he was really, <clears throat> yeah, he, <laughs> I'm trying not to give anything away here, but he was really funny and he had a great levity about him uh in the first half of the film or so or the first kind of act um super um, affable and and but still you could see the respect he still had that kind of air to him that he had in the first movie but he, he's quickly overtaken obviously by paul just as he is in the book lady jessica i thought was also incredible i mean she is definitely more prevalent in this than she is in this section of the novel um as you were kind of mentioning but she i mean rebecca ferguson <clears throat> and her depiction i mean she is <laughs> she made me feel like nauseous <laughs> like watching her i mean that's the only way i could really describe it. she was too many other adjectives because i don't want to it might be it might be giving a little too too much away maybe but yeah she was very uh, effective let's say that um for me just two quick highlights of my own I thought the editing was fantastic. I mean, Joe Walker, <laughs> I mean, it's like, how, how do you continue to <laughs> like put out this level of work? I mean, you could say about anyone involved with this movie, I mean, from every department, but Joe Walker, I mean, he has such a heavy hand <clears throat> in these films and in Villeneuve's filmography. And there are just so many, um, you know, there's so many standout like edits, like genuine, like smart, like cuts uh, that he uses um, throughout the film. But, Overall, just the way it's paced and his uh, and Villeneuve's way that they really build out, I think, an appropriate amount of time, especially in in correspondence with the novel in terms of like how certain things should be and, and getting a sense of certain characters, who they are and certain you know plot points. I thought it was handled really well. Um, and I never I mean, this movie is 10 minutes longer than part one, and it feels like 20 minutes shorter, probably. <laughs> Um, would be like my estimation like it flew by um 
And th- that was my first time watching it. Generally, when you're watching something for the first time, doing anything for the first time, it feels like it's taking the longest it's probably ever going to take because you don't know it, familiar with it. But for me, I mean, this was like, bam, like it, it, it was an appropriate uh, wait. But I think I'll, I'll be curious to see how I feel about it on rewatch. And then the other main highlight real quick is uh, the Harkonnens <laughs> in this movie and Getty Prime. Holy cow. Like it is, I mean, if you were disappointed at all <clears throat> or felt like, you know, they didn't do the Harkonnens justice in part one or didn't spend enough time on Getty Prime or show enough of, you know, certain characters. I mean, they get a nice chunk of movie uninterrupted on Getty Prime. You've seen the trailers, like, you know, in, infrared um, tone, tones and everything. And it is... So, I mean, it's out, it's like Mad Max. Like, it, it is so cool. Um, and the stuff that they do with the Baron and Fade and Lady Margot and different characterizations, the designs, I mean, the production design, the technology they use, uh, the, the score, uh, the Harkonnen Arena track on the, on the soundtrack is might be my favorite. I've probably listened to it like an unhealthy amount today. It's its own kind of little chapter. Um, which I think is is really cool um, and and used to uh, great effect. So that and that helps obviously introduce Fade, who's such a uh, you know a crucial part of the movie. Um, I think it's just a, a stellar character introduction. Uh, we we also have to of course uh, address the the movie's main characters. So uh, Timothy and Chalamet and Zendaya give you know absolutely stellar performances as uh, uh, Paul and Shani. And as uh, Denis Villeneuve mentioned, their love really is the beating hearts of core of this movie. Although I would have liked to see just a bit more um, of moments earlier in their relationship. I have to say like overall it developed really at the right, um, right pace uh, within the time frame that the movie had. As, as mentioned, it felt like it passed by really fast. And there is really meaningful drama and tension here. And without spoiling things, their relationship goes in directions that you really don't expect. So um, yeah, o- overall beautiful performances from, uh, from these two and l- l- looking forward to see how, uh, how things continue from, from here. <laughs> like that's a no-brainer like you feel their love you feel the tension of their relationship at certain points and especially like the last act of the the film you really feel the the tension from them that's the way i'll leave it but there's times where i was like i'm watching these people fall in love like it's not the anakin and padme attack of the clones part two where it's like i hate sand it gets everywhere <laughs> like when you know paul's talking to her about water on caladan you actually believe that shawnee's like shut up that that's not like that there's not that much water out there in the world and it's like you you fall in love with these characters you know and austin butler as Faye is just everyone but for me it was lady jessica Without going into full spoiler, and I know I've said this several times already, the last act with her still hunts me to this day. Um, and I like Stillgard, so I'm really curious once we can start talking and seeing why Marcus had problems with the Stillgard character. I thought, um, just real quick as well, on the two leads, I thought that, yes, the relationship was really well done. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to be handled. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough line again to walk with those two characters. 
especially with Villeneuve kind of, you know, reimagining um, certain elements of their relationship. I was just very curious to see how he was going to do it. And I felt like, yes, um, you know, to Marcus, your point, I think it, it's so, <laughs> it is, uh, it's really well done how they come together and how they like develop their relationship. Like it feels very natural. Um, and it feels like, you know, it's two young people and, I think we can all relate uh, to some degree, one way or another. Like when you're young and you're, you know, you have a crush on someone, or you're like, you know, developing feelings for someone. It's, you know, it's that kind of butterflies feeling. And I felt like they did a good job, like depicting that, like especially like your first like romance or love. Like it's a very interesting, you know, time in your life. And I feel like it was just to see that kind of relationship developed like pretty damn well in a movie of this scale. Like not having that get lost and like all the spectacle and just all the other, you know, important parts of the plot, I thought was, was really, uh, impressive. And I think it, for me, it shows that it works because by the end of the movie, it emotionally paid off. Zendaya is very good. I thought she, um, has a, her own spin on Johnny, obviously with the material that Villeneuve is giving her. And I think she does a very good job with it. Chalamet though, I think is, I mean, he's incredible. Um, and he's not done anything really like this before. So when you get to the third act and the things that he's doing and saying are happening, it's just like, you feel like you're like shocked. Like you feel like you're really, um, you know, along for the ride, uh, kind of as it's careening out of control. Yeah. And before we move on to the next section, I think we need to give some more attention to the, to the end of the movie. So as I've said earlier, within, uh, um, yeah, within the movie overall, like maybe the best experience that i've had like in cinema within the past 20 odd years but the finale here is is truly breathtaking i'm talking you know the last 15 20 minutes uh, that sequence of events inside the emperor's tent and then in, in the eric residency and yeah we we've seen quite a few bits and pieces of uh, you know in the trailers and teasers the emperor speaking paul taking control of the moment and using the voice a fight between him and fade uh, I can assure you, though, there's so much more going on on there and like so much depth to every single character interaction and reaction, like just a brilliantly edited series of events that literally had on the edge of my uh, my seat. Um, yeah, throughout the sequence, it's really felt that like anything could could happen. Uh, one, one side of my mind was was basically calculating, you know, is Villeneuve going to be able to throw a curveball where, you know, completely change the fate of a certain character? And, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would say like, uh, as mentioned, like, uh, it's it's very very hard for for me to give a movie a perfect score, but like when just looking at the finale itself, that that def definitely approached uh, perfection, and I you know can't wait for our breakdown on when we reach that point in the in scene by scene review. I text my wife, "Hey, done with the movie," and she asked me, "How was it?" I text her back, "Different." She's like, "So you don't want to see it again?" Like kind of like, "No, no, no." I was like, "It's it's good. I'll explain to you later." But there's a couple moments like in the emperor's tent where i was like oh we're doing that okay that works i i didn't think we were going to do that but that that was interesting but yes you're so right like i really was in the edge of my seat like i really wasn't sure like what the hell was gonna happen um and it's really a testament to the direction of the movie like i thought that a certain character was gonna die and i was like wait what the hell is going on like i like i have no idea what to I, I don't know why i'm on the edge of my seat right now um and and also just with certain changes you know you know simon you said it it's different that's for sure um 
but I liked it. I, I liked that. I was like, wow, this is surprising. Like I, it's all about the execution. If the execution is well done and I feel like it makes sense and, you know, it's just different from, you know, prior iteration or the source material, I don't mind that. In fact, I, I will like it probably a little bit more because it's just a different version of the story. It's something that's just new that you can kind of experience in its own right. Um, and so I, I really, really liked that about the last, as you said, 20, 20 30 minutes or so. Because um, it is really epic. It's really edge, edge of your seat. And I think certainly for people that aren't familiar with the book or prior iterations of Dune, I mean, general audiences are going to be like freaking out because they're really going to have like no idea what's going, what's going to happen or go down. So, um, yeah, I think just very well done. Uh, you know, you got to stick the landing. And uh, I think they did that with, you know, flying colors. Yeah. So we've been uh, heaping up a lot of uh, praise on the movie. Um, so let, let, let's go into some of the more criticisms we potentially have from, from the movie. And um, at least from, from my perspective, you know, it, it comes close, but this, this isn't uh, perfect. And uh, just to give some context, you, you may have heard me say it here before, but my, my belief is that you really need a, a 10 plus hour prestige series, like, you know, like on, on HBO or something to really do the full story justice. And I have to say, like, after watching these two, two films so far uh, from uh, Denis Villeneuve Dune, I'm even more convinced of that. I mean, I don't think any adaptation of Dune in film format could achieve perfection. But I, I am actually like a bit hopeful that the third movie, Dune Messiah Part 3 or whatever, will prove me wrong because that's a shorter book to, to adopt. And I, I can see it uh, working really well in, in, film, in film format. Um, but yeah, uh, Johnny, as a, a Films Critic Association member, you cover a much wider genre, uh, range of genres than I do. So I'm especially to hear your um, thoughts on elements or scenes that either you enjoyed least or maybe you thought were areas of improvements, uh, like however you want to approach it, whether it's the artistic or technical part. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that, Marcus. I also appreciate it. I forgot to say this to you privately, but I'll just say it here. You shared our review on my review uh, from our website on Reddit, on the Dune Reddit. Um, and you came to my defense very gallantly in the uh, in the comments and, and everyone kind of was backing you. So I, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, it, to your point, though. Um, so... I don't know if this is controversial. I don't know if it's a hot take. I love the book. I read it before watching the David Lynch version because I still have not seen the David Lynch version as of right now. I'm going to watch it in the next couple of weeks now that I've seen the, the second film. Um, but I, I, like, they all exist to me in, like, their own separate, and like, realities. Like, I really look at the films as, like, the films, and I look at the book as the book. I really love the book. I really love the movies. For me as an experience, like, and I said this to someone on Reddit actually earlier today because they were asking, you know, generally what I thought about the movie. <clears throat> and really what I, what I said to them, I'll just say now is there are certain little things, or certain characters, certainly little plot points that would have been really cool or nice to see included in this movie, just as it would have been nice to see included in part, part one. For example, as part one, you know, Dr. Yui, if we'd gotten maybe one or two more little scenes with him, it would have bumped that character up a little bit, given him a little bit more, you know, uh, impact, get made that, uh, you know, series of events, you know, a little bit more impactful. <laughs> but for me, that didn't really detract from it very much. Um, maybe because I just know it in my mind from the book or just because I, I didn't care for the character that much. Um, in this, I feel like, and there's a couple other instances of that, I think in part one that I, I feel or I could see the, the logic there. 
in part two, I really, and this is why I said earlier, I, to this person, I said, it would have been nice to include maybe a couple of here, little things here and there, but to me, not having them or having certain changes to like accommodate the movie or like the form overall, I didn't really miss that much personally. Um, and for me, in terms of it being a movie and like a cinematic experience, like there's really not much more I can ask for in that type of experience. Um, that's not to say it's like perfection necessarily. I think it's a five out of five. I think it's an incredible you know, uh, sci-fi masterpiece. But um, in terms of things that maybe could have been a little bit better, I mean, there's just, uh, it's, and some of this, it's hard to not go into spoilers about, um, I guess is one thing I will say. Um, maybe certain, uh, <laughs> the thing is, I've been thinking about the movie so much, I can like, I can see the logic of certain things and I, they like almost appeal to me more because I've thought about it a certain way. Whereas when I was watching it initially in the theater, I was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that necessarily, or mm, maybe that could have been a little bit different. I did think that a couple of times watching the movie. Um, I need to see it again to see if that kind of sticks around. But I've been talking to a lot of people about this movie and going into more detail and kind of processing it. And the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more I love it. The more that I like, okay, I really feel like this is what they were going for here. Like this makes sense. You're like, it's kind of a translation of what you see in the book. As, as it stands, I really didn't have like too much to complain about. Um, I, I walked out and some of the things I thought about before the movie, like, huh, I wonder who this is going to be, or is that character going to be doing this or included here? I didn't think about any of that while I was watching the movie. I didn't even realize certain characters are not, you know, doing certain things are there until someone asked me about it an hour after I saw the movie. So I, I think that's it. And that's why I, you know, I'm curious to hear more, Marcus, about <laughs> your thoughts on Stilgar, like maybe things that Simon, uh, you know, had thoughts about. And Garen, I mean, I think we're all waiting with bated breath to see what Garen thinks because he's been so anxious, I feel like, about the different changes. And there are di there are quite a few changes in this movie. So, um, and I, I've been saying that to people on, on Discord and Reddit, like, you just gotta, yeah, I know you're hearing these things. You're like, certain things seem a certain way. Like, that's cool. Like, however you feel about it. But I'd say like, just, Go in with an open mind. And I think that that's fair, fair to say, uh, Johnny. I, I almost feel that, you know, you can give, and maybe we'll get into that like at, at the very end when we give our final scores. Well, well you, you've mentioned yours since you wrote the review already, but um, it's, it's almost like you can give this, this movie a review as a movie itself. And as I mentioned, you know, like I've given it high praise comparing to like some of the best movies in the past 20 years. But then you can also give this movie a, a rating of like, how well does it adapt Dune? And those could be potentially different ratings and you could yeah. still, they could still apply here. But yeah, Simon, first I want to hear, uh, how about you? What, what would you like to have seen different or what didn't work as well for you? You know, I agree with both of you and everyone that's ever been on this show. An HBO series would be ideal because there is so much source material that you can draw from. I mean, like one of the scenes I was hoping that we would have gotten in the first film is drunken uh drunken idaho and that could be an episode just by itself of the <laughs> mini series you know um some of my low points i don't know there's there's one shot that really doesn't bother me but i'm like mm, we didn't really need that shot towards the end of the movie and can't talk about it right now because we're in our spoiler free mode um but it's is it a perfect film? No. For me, there's only one perfect film ever, and that's Lawrence of Arabia. 
Like that movie is like filmmaking at its best. Like that's that's a that's a thousand out of a thousand for me. You know, his Dune Part Two, one of my favorite films of all time. Right now, I'm on the uh, the hype of it. So of course, you know, I love Dune. I I've been in love with this franchise for 40 years. I'm going to be 46 in May. So I've been since I was a little kid getting those stupid action figures back <laughs> to the day. But um, I will say that without going to spoiler mode, I do like how the Herkotan soldiers look when they're on Arrakis, especially if you're a David Lynch fan of that 84 movie, pays homage to that. But I don't know if there's, there's points where I feel maybe I could shot could have been a little bit longer, maybe a little bit more character development. Like, would I have liked to see more Free Rafa? Yes. I loved in part two. Do I think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread? No. But do I give it a really high score? Yes. So, you know, in time, I would be curious to go back and revisit it in six months when it's home, on home release. Like, what do we think of it after the hype? If that makes any sense. Or if I was just rambling on. Um, and I, I think I mentioned this even with, with part one as, as well when we were talking about it. Um, th there is a really narrow focus when it, when it comes to the world building. Uh, so we get to experience the intimate details of our main characters and their surroundings. Uh, but of course, our, our main characters are nobles. They're, they're, they're the rulers or the, the leaders of, of their, their tribe, in the case of the Fremen. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll be, be able to go back shot by shot and catch so many small details that we miss in the, uh, the first couple of uh, viewings. Um, and we also do get some shots that are, you know, the definition of, uh, of epic, you know, whether it's the sandworm attack on, um, um, at the end or other parts of the battle of, of Arakeen. On the other hand, we, we don't really get glimpses of what's going on in neighboring areas, let alone the Imperium as, as a whole. So in terms of world building, it sometimes makes the story feel like more self-contained. Uh, we're, we're not seeing like how these massive events are impacting people outside of our core characters. And that's, that's partly by design, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that because also in, in, a, in the book, you know, we, we don't learn how things are for the, uh, for the citizens of the, the Imperium, right? It's, it's like you're, you're razor focused on these, uh, these core characters and what, what's happening. Uh, but for example, I would have liked to see uh, much more of Kaitane. Uh, I mean, that, that was maybe my, one of the things that I was disappointed by, like we didn't get as much of Kaitane as we did of, from uh, Arrakis and, and Getty Prime. Uh, we, we didn't get any like, you know, shots of, of the city. I mean, this, this is the center of the, the Imperium. There's, there's so much going, going on there. Um, or for example, in, in Arakeen, how, how was life like there under the oppressive rule of the Harkonnens? I mean, it's not like you have to like, you know, put in a, a scene or like some, some, uh, a subplot anywhere, but you can, you know, just show some, some scene on the streets, you know, some, some Harkonnen soldiers walking by and seeing like how, you know, whoever's still living there, they're, they're probably having a, a very bad time. So at least for, for me, that would have made the experience much more immersive if we were like expanding the world building uh, up a little bit more. Um, but I do understand like you want to get a little bit more of a glimpse of like the wider outside world, but, um, yeah, I see both sides of it, but yeah, no, I, I definitely hear you there. And I think, um, that's something in, in a, a different format, I think would be really cool to explore if, and when that ever happens, you know, do a series or a different adaptation, maybe. I think we're going to see more of the city life when we get Messiah. Yeah. It's going to be 100%. so important to be in the grounded 
level. And maybe that's what Denise saving is for. But I agree. Like a little 30-second clip. How hard is it to shoot that and just show like a couple of Harkonnen soldiers walking by? I mean, for God's sake, Star Wars does it. How many times would Stormtroopers? So then um, we, we've also alluded to in our um, up to now that there is a topic of differences between this movie and the, and the book that inspired it. And uh, yeah, so this is certainly not like the sci-fi Dune miniseries from 2000, where they sought to faithfully adopt every event from the book. Um, and going back to my earlier comparison with The Lord of the Rings, um, their uh, director, Peter Jackson, had explicitly talked about how their goal was to bring uh, Tolkien's work as faithfully as possible to the big screen. And of course, there were changes and cuts to that movie. But uh, I mean, to be clear, do, do, that doesn't compare to the transformation we're seeing uh, now in Dune Part 2. And in my view, this new movie is, is not Frank Herbert's uh, Dune. This is Denis Villeneuve's uh, Dune, and he's made some very bold choices with adapting the source material. Um, the good news here is that he's a director who's shown how much he loves the original story and also very, very deeply understands um, the themes that are here. So uh, Simon, as, as you mentioned, uh, you, you got into Dune with, with the toys and uh, the 1984 film, and you've read the book many times, and your initial reaction was, this is different. And yeah, I mean, I mean like that, that's, that's a word that, that came up often. So having some, some time uh, to process everything, like just, and you know, we, we can't go into spoilers yet, but like, how, how do you feel overall about those, those differences? Like, was it too much? Do you, feel, do you think you would like to see less differences? Like, are you overall uh, at peace with, with some of the things that were, were changed, missed opportunities? I, I was actually so... As they were happening, I was like, oh, I'm okay with this. Then later that night, I was like, mm, I don't know. And now that I've had a couple of days to think about it, you're right. It's not Frank Herbert's Dune. It's Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Without going into full spoilers again, it's hard. Certain characters are not there, but they are there. You feel their presence. And I'm okay with the changes. Like, honestly, I am. Because I feel like... Dune is one of those tales that people will tell over generations, very much like Star Wars. Star Wars has changed so much over time, and it'll become kind of like legends, like folk tales. And maybe the folk tale Paul Atreides of Muad'Dib will have Denise's version of it, and David Lynch's version, and the sci-fi version. You know, it's still true to what Frank wrote about so many years ago and it's important that the message is still there and i feel like the message is even stronger in this version the the, the thing that comes into my mind is uh, the legend of king arthur there and it's, it's had many uh, iterations over the centuries and you, you see there like there, there's a king arthur film maybe like every decade and it tells a completely different story but the elements of it are there and like there's you know the vision of a different director or, or a different writer uh, but the core elements you you understand what what's going on there and it portrays the story in a different way but yeah that, that's the idea it's it's, it's legends and uh, i i can definitely see dune becoming that type of story where you know in in hundreds of years now it's, it's like a legend you know there was the original novel that was written by frank herbert in 1965 but it's still being reimagined and re re reborn every you know couple of, of decades for uh, for centuries to, to come that, that would be <laughs> amazing yeah, I mean, that's a great point, Marcus and Simon. The differences that were there, I felt I enjoyed or like I liked that it was surprising to me, that it was something that I wasn't expecting. And 
for me, if you're doing an adaptation, like that's something that I think you should try to go for, at least in, you know, in certain dosages, maybe. Yeah, I think the, the part of me that that's maybe still torn in, in, in some way is that um, I think I, I can agree with you, Johnny, that like the, the changes that, that were there, like w when I was watching them, I was I really enjoyed it. And uh, I thought, OK, this this really works. This this is a really good job. I'm really enjoying the, the, this, this movie. This is uh, beautifully done at, at, the, at the same time. Um, like, like I, and I guess I'll have to see it a few, few more times. I, I have to think like, were these changes necessary? Like, what, what was it like made, uh, you know, because the, the director had, had, a, had a certain certain vision and he wanted to do, do things uh, his way. But like, could he have like stayed more, more faithful in certain regards and still gotten the same effect? I think that, that, that's a question that I'm going to have to like tackle over the next uh, weeks as, as I see the movie in, in IMAX and, and many more times. But yeah, like I, I can, I can totally understand if people like are taken aback a, a in, in some way. They're like, okay, the, this, this is a change. Like, why did it have to be changed? Couldn't they approach it a, a different way? So, so I think that that's, that's going to be some, some fascinating discussions. It's really hard to say um, or like ask that question almost, I feel, because the alternatives are so varied and so challenging, I feel like in a lot of ways, like it's hard to like, for me, in my opinion, like it's hard to get too mad or like bothered about certain ways that your decisions that were made, I guess, about how to approach certain things. Cause it's like, it's just, it's such a can of worms. And I just like, I, it, you know, it's hard to put yourself in that position to like make the decisions and like decide how everything's going to be done on screen. Um, but that's obviously why, why we're not making, you know, the movie and they have the, the real big geniuses doing it. So. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it, it is a tough uh, a line to walk. I feel like that's the one thing that keeps saying with an adaptation of Dune or any adaptation really, but with something that's so big and so specific, it's hard to just strike that right balance. Um, I think if you can just stay a little bit more balanced than not, I think you 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 kind of you kind of win. And I think that that's just how I feel generally, I guess, about the movie. Johnny, about what you're talking about, what we can't talk about as someone <laughs> that was. Looking forward to that. I actually love the changes they they made to it and how they built that character into the story. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, I'm I'm glad to hear that, Simon. Because I, again, with you, Mark, Marcus, Gary, like again, I'm like I'm the, the young fish in the pond. <laughs> I feel like on this show, obviously, so. That's why I was very curious. I mean, while I was watching it, because I was the first one to see it, I'm just thinking in the back of my head, kind of like, huh, I wonder what Garen's going to think about that. Hmm, oh, there's a couple of moments <laughs> where I, I cannot wait to hear what Garen thinks. Yeah. Garen, if you're, if you're watching this or listening to it, go, go watch the movie. I know you got to wait till opening day, sadly. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I, I hear you there. So, uh, But I'm glad that you felt that way because i could definitely see a very you know very number of opinions uh, about it and among other things yeah and, and i i do want to say like for for people who are going to watch the, the movie uh soon I, I mean um you know even if, if you've, you've been a, a fan of the book for 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 years and you read the book uh 20 times i mean i think it, it is going to be totally acceptable if if you know like you look at these these changes and you do think okay like i i, I didn't like the way that, that that was handled i think that that's perfectly um fair view and as mentioned there, there are a couple of things that i'm torn on i, I do like actually how they they handle the, um, a specific character um but i again i do wonder like did they have to go that way or could they have stayed more faithful to the book and gotten to, to, to the same same points um but yeah like 
I think the most important thing for me at the end of the movie, and, I, and I'm going back to, to the comment I made a couple episodes back, is that at the end of the day, Villeneuve did stick to landing. So there, there are these really core important themes of, of Dune, um, like the, as, as Villeneuve would talk, talking in the interviews, like the, the, the message of the dangers of, of charismatic leaders and fanaticism and, and you know, how, how that can be you know, really, really dangerous to society. And you need to really like understand that your heroes may not be who you think they are. It's such an important message for, for people to today, like whatever country you're in or whatever parts of society, I think it just speaks to, on so many levels to things that are happening uh, in the world. So yeah, like I, 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 I think um, overall, I'm just, just ecstatic that, that you know, it came out that way. Can we yeah. just do the spoiler episode now? <laughs> yeah, let, let's go right, right away. Yeah. Marcus, though, I think, yeah, I mean, you're spot on. Um, <laughs> no matter, yeah, I think that's the big thing. I mean, I, I totally understand certain people, um, you know, fans of, of the novel, other adaptations. There are going to be big differences to overcome or like things that, you know, you're just not going to prefer, not like as much. Um, and that's that's totally fair. But I agree with you. I think ultimately, and I said this, I'm not sure if I said it to someone on Twitter or Discord or Reddit, but bottom line of what I was saying is I have a really hard time imagining a Dune fan watching this movie and not liking it. Even if they don't like certain things about it, I think overall, especially with the way, the way they stick the landing and it, the final, because the end of a movie or any work of art <clears throat> that has some sort of duration or links to it, if you don't hit the right note at the end, it's like, well, what was it all for? You know what I mean? I mean, just ask Game of Thrones. And the fact that we're getting something like this on as high profile, as you said, I mean, they just posted on Fandango. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, but they've sold twice as many tickets for Dune part two already up to this point than they did for part one. Okay. Let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, final scores. So, uh, uh Johnny, I assume you haven't uh, changed your <laughs> final score. So I'm just going to give you a, a minute to defend why you're giving a two five star. Yeah. Yeah, real quick, you can go read my full interview on, on dunenewsnet.com. Uh, uh, certainly appreciate you giving some time to that. But overall, I said this earlier in the show, I can't really ask for much more in a film. Like this is everything that I love to see in movies. That's why a lot of times I feel if you can have a big budget movie, have great character work, great writing, um, you know, great cinematography, editing the formal elements of what makes cinema like so interesting and exciting and you can put that in a budget of you know 200 million dollars or something like that's like the peak i think of what can be accomplished and that's what we're seeing here this is really like a singular very rare type of movie i think and um even if for any quibbles or qualms that i have with it or anyone here on the show or anyone else that watches it has i just really can't poke too many holes in it so that's why initially walking out of the theater and after sl sleeping on it and writing my reviews and really putting a lot of thought into it in the last couple of days I haven't wavered. As I said, I have just come to, to appreciate it. And, and the thought processes, I think, are uh, just really cementing in my brain. So, yeah, five out of five, 10 out of 10. Simon, how about you? Um, I still give it five popcorn buckets out of five popcorn buckets. And no, I did not buy a popcorn bucket. I do not want one. That thing is terrifying and scary, very much like the last 40 minutes of this movie. And it still haunts me, but in a good way. Um, like I said, right now I'm I'm riding that train, loving everything about it. Excited that it's here. Curious to go see it again 
when it'll be out on home release. Of course, I'll buy the 4K. I'll buy the digital before it even comes out. Physical media, even if no one carries physical media anymore. Um, but I can't wait to see it again and see it with a fresh eye and not being like uber sensitive to it the first time and being like, is this perfect? Is this how I imagine it? So I just five out of five. Yep. Oh, okay. So, uh, so actually, I guess then I, I'm giving it uh, the, the lowest score of, of, of the three of us. Um, so just to give some, some context, back in 2021, I, I gave part one four stars. Um, and I, I already at that point said that this is, you know, like the, I was already feeling that this, this is going to be the movie series of our, of our generation. Like I was already thinking, thinking along that lines. Um, I'm going to give part two 4.5 stars. Uh, so, so as mentioned, it's, it's not a perfect movie. Um, but in terms of, you know, I, I have to rate it as, as a movie and as a movie, this, this really nearly approached perfection. You know, there was like amazing characters, great performances, uh, great, great sounds, uh, soundtrack, amazing visual experience. And, you know, as mentioned, we, we still have to see it on, on IMAX uh, still. <laughs> um, so I think it goes back to the point of, uh, you know, could it have been, could there have been a better Dune adaptation? Yes. You know, like as mentioned, a uh, longer TV series or what, what if Denis Villeneuve had been able to tell the story in three movies instead of two, you know, just like how the book is split up into three, uh, three books within a, within a book. What if each of those were a movie that, that could have been, you know, amazing, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about deleted scenes or anything like, like we mentioned in the part, uh, part one, but then, you know, as, as a movie, like I haven't had an experience like this, this, this is, uh, you know, just, um, excellence. So 4.5, uh, stars for me. Uh, so that was our spoiler for review and, uh, Next up is a big discussion, uh, spoiler um, reactions. And then, of course, after that, we're going to be spending, you know, four or five episodes, potentially even more on this movie, analyzing in, in great uh, depth, uh, going through uh, shot by shot. Uh, for now, let's go ahead and sign off. Hey, thank you again for everyone that joins us. Thank you for the interactions on YouTube, on all the social media. Uh, you can find me at Ask Dowdy on all of them. I can't wait until we get in full spoiler mode so we can talk about stuff that we love, that we hate it, but, um, and why Marcus doesn't like Stilgard. Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, once again, for tuning in. Uh, this is the most fun time of the last several years, finally getting into this movie. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed our spoiler free discussion. But definitely stick around. There's going to be a lot of fun, exciting discussion, maybe a little debate <laughs> just to see where everyone falls on it. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to get to experience this. I'm, Again, I've been thinking about it nonstop. I cannot wait to see it again uh, in IMAX, especially as we say, because I haven't, I got the Dolby experience the first time. So stay tuned and uh, appreciate it. Check out the written review on the website as well if you haven't yet. This was uh, Marcus Gabriel. You can find me at Marcus's Writing and of course, uh, writing on Dunison.com. Uh, so yeah, as mentioned, a lot more to come on Dune Talk in the, in the next week and in March. Um, yeah, for now, until the next one, take care. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to dunenewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.